Hi, I'm Katie. I'm Beth. Welcome to Itinerary to the World podcast, where we talk about all things wild and wonderful. We talk about all things travel and adventure. And this is not the stuff you're going to find in your everyday travel book. We're going to talk about off-the-wall destinations, all these nook and crannies, all these things that you're not going to hear about on blogs and travel books. These are adventures that we've personally done ourselves and we can recommend 100%. So if you're looking for off-the-wall travel, unique adventures, or just want a window seat into the amazing world world of travel, this is for you. We are so happy you are here and we hope this inspires you to explore your world. Hi and welcome back to another episode. On today's episode we're going to be talking about our scuba diving certification or not experience. Listen, this is a true adventure so we both wanted to get scuba dived certified for years, right? And it wasn't until we were going to go out to California to visit all the kelp forests and sea lions. So what happens is that we had this really cool professor who adjuncted with us and he said that the best place he ever scuba dived because he was a scuba diving teacher was in Monterey, California, right? Because there's all these sea lions and all these kelp beds it was amazing so of course katie and i were like inspiration it was meant to be right and so we decided to have a trip out to see big sur and see these amazing sea lions but to do that we had to get scuba certified so we decided road trip right <laughs> any excuse to go on a little travel that we're going to go down to florida and get scuba dive because it was going to be so much nicer to get scuba dive cert in florida than it was staying here so we took a road trip for a weekend down to florida and so our scuba diving certification was done in one of the springs in Florida and also very cold. If you listen to our Iceland episode, you know how much I don't like to be cold at all. But Beth found this spring in Florida where you could get scuba certified in addition to being able to dive the, the springs there, which are really pretty. It's a very famous dive site in Florida. So picture this, okay? So we roll up, so it's me, it's Katie, and it's her husband, Atch, right? And there's two other people in our scuba diving group. There's like a 16-year-old emo guy who thinks he is a DJ of a certain kind of weird music. I don't know. He showed it to us. We'd never heard about it, but anyways. It's like trans music. Yeah, trans music. So anyways, that's what he was a DJ for. That's what he wanted to do. And then there was a 65-year-old man named Bob. Now, Bob had been trying to get his certification for like two months. He had read somewhere that... Scuba diving helps the lungs, and he'd been diagnosed with COPD, so he was convinced that if he learned how to scuba dive, it was going to help his breathing, but it had taken him a long time to kind of get used to the water. He's never swam before, so he was just there basically every day, and he had been there for the last three months, right? Yes, and as for like meeting everybody, getting to know everybody, getting fitted for our equipment, Bob also goes on to tell us that he's been diagnosed with AFib and these other heart conditions, and he's had like a seizure before, and so we were a little bit concerned about how safe this would be. Yeah. So I know it sounds like the beginning of a joke, like three people, 16 year old DJ and Bob walked into the scuba diving, but it was true. Right. And we all did it in this big group through a company down in Florida in these springs. Now, as Katie said, these springs were freezing, but they were absolutely beautiful. Right. So they're very, very clear and they're very, very deep. And there was even a little cave there. And this is the reason they do a lot of the scuba diving there. So, so they had an anchor rope from the very top at the very bottom. And that way you could tell exactly how, how deep you were. And in order to get certified, you had to do certain things. You had to go at a certain depth. You had to be able to float. You had to be able to come up. You had to take an actually an online test, a pretest. And let me say, I took mine the day before and Katie was taking hers in the car on the way down there. And she was like, 
I don't know if I want to scuba dive. Like the pre-test is pretty freaky. It talks about everything that can go wrong with scuba diving. It talks about the phases of the moon and how it affects the tide. Was actually, I didn't know, which I know that sounds ridiculous, but I didn't know that. Yeah. And they also tell you about all the different drills that you're going to have to do, which can be really intimidating when you're reading about them. And before we go any further, let's just also tell you about the instructors, the scuba dive instructors. Very, very nice husband-wife couple. However, they might have smelled a little bit like other recreational fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So we weren't really sure exactly how this day was going to go, but we had paid for it and we needed to get certified so we could see the sea lions and the kelp beds. So nothing was going to make us turn away. Okay. So let's go back to the drills. So there's a few drills that you have to do at certain depths. And now this is like pretty deep water and it can be really intimidating when you're underneath the water, especially during some of the drills where they ask you to remove your respirator and throw it over your shoulder and then find it again or take your pack off and then do a circle and then come back and put your pack on, put your respirator back on. The one that I had the most trouble with though is clearing your mask. So this is where you take off your mask underwater and then you have to put it back on, but to do so you have to blow the water out of the mask with your nose. And so I don't know why I could not do that. It's totally a mental block, but I could not clear my mask. It doesn't matter if it was one foot. I tried it on the surface. I They were literally waterboarding me at the lunch table <laughs> trying to practice. And I just could not get the hang of the mask clearing. Okay, so what would happen is first off, we'd all put on our wetsuits. And I am embarrassed to say, but Katie had to help me with my wetsuit. I could not put the wetsuit on. That was the hardest part for me, right? So we all put the wetsuits on. And I have to pee like every hour. So I had to put the wetsuit on and off a lot, right? So we put the wetsuit on. And then our guide, our instructor, would go over all these things and said, okay, when I put my thumb down, that means go to the bottom. And when I move it, when I shake my hand to the left, that means take your respirator out. And when I mime this, this means take your goggles off. Does everybody understand? And we'd be like, yes, okay, we understand. And then we go underwater and he would shake his hand at us and tell us to remove our goggles and then Katie would stand there and she would just look him straight in the eye and shake her head and, and she'd like hold her goggles on and she's like I know exactly what you're saying but I'm not doing it I literally had one hand over my mask and the other hand on my respirator because he would sneak up behind people and like yank their respirator out trying to mimic like an emergency situation or getting kicked or whatever underwater and so I literally spent the entire time underwater with one hand on my mask and one hand on my respirator because this guy was not taking mine I mean, he kept making the movements like maybe she didn't understand and when we get to the top, he's like, did you know what I was saying, right? And we're like, we all know exactly what you're saying. It was so funny, right? And so we had to do one of these drills that Katie did not participate in um, because you had to leave your respirator and you had to like share with someone else. So like, let's say I lost mine. I have to swim over my buddy and I have to mime and tell them, hey, I lost my respirator. And we'd have to, yeah, buddy breed, right? And so my choices were... The 16-year-old kid, I could swap sit with him. Bob, who was floating somewhere around the surface, he could never figure out how to actually sink, uh, you know. And then my friend's husband. So I slam as fast as I could over to her husband because I was like, I'm not going to swap sit with a 16-year-old and I'm not going to do it with Bob either. And I was like, and then he looks around and I'm very sneaky in the water. He looks around and I'm like right there, like right there shoulder to shoulder with him because I'm like, I'm ready to do this, but I am not doing it with a 16-year-old. So I did eventually make it down to the bottom of the anchor rope which was at 60 feet and guys 60 feet is so deep like when you're looking up and you're like wow if something happens with my respirator or whatever like how am I going to make it to the surface and not die and I wasn't terribly confident in our scuba instructors to perform 
CPR on me <laughs> um, just due to their recreational activity. So that made me even more nervous. But eventually I made it down with Beth yes. and to the 60 feet mark. And it was so funny because Bob, like, <laughs> you never knew where Bob was. And so he could never quite understand the, like, releasing the air from his vest and then the weights and, and all of that stuff and going down and going back up and how, how to adjust that. And so like, every now and then Bob would just kind of fall on top of you in the water. And then all of a sudden he'd, like, shoot to the surface really fast because he pressed the wrong button to, like adjust the air in his vest and then he'd like come down and then you'd see him in your in the corner of your eye and he'd be like floating off into the distance like going horizontal like you never knew where bob was he was literally bobbing around the water right we'd be like oh there goes bob again we'd all watch him and i mean he'd been doing this for two or three months and so he was just such a good sport at it because i think after two months like yeah. i would not i would not keep doing it but yeah he would just sort of float on by and he'd float in the middle of the class and then float away so bob kind of did his own Thing. And kudos to him yeah. for having all of his health conditions and being out there. Yeah, yeah. And we all wore wetsuits, right? Because it was really cold. I mean, it was something like, I don't know, 55 yeah. degrees. It wasn't Iceland cold, but it was cold. Bob did not wear a wetsuit, remember? He he wore wetsuit the first couple days, and he said he got so hot that he kind of been there long enough, he got used to it. <laughs> but the man didn't wear a wetsuit like everybody else. Even the free divers were in wetsuits, and he was not in a wetsuit. I remember that. I was super impressed because I was like, I am freezing, and I'm in this wetsuit. Yeah, it was really, really cold down there. In any case, Beth passed all of her jewels with flying colors and even had a bonus fun trip which she'll tell you about in just a second uh, which was totally illegal by the way and I when they tried to take my mask and clear my mask I eventually went to the surface with them and was like please do not pass me I don't want to pass this certification <laughs> Yeah, right. So Katie was like, you're going to take my mask. She's like, I actually have, she told him, I have survival instincts and I did not give up my oxygen to practice things. I am just more evolved, I feel like. <laughs> That's right. She's like, I'm evolved. I know not to throw away my rescue, you know, regulator. So anyways, Katie didn't end up passing and I actually ended up getting this horrible, like massive ear infection afterwards. That, like, like for months, <laughs> like literally for like two months, she had this horrible ear yes. infection. It hurt so much. I couldn't chew. I couldn't do anything. I literally had to have it drained. So. We go out to, to California to do our seal trip, and she can't dive because she didn't get certification. And I can't dive because I still have a hole in my ear. And so we had to end up snorkeling anyways, which is a total another story. But anyway, so it was so funny because we did it right before this trip to go see the sea lions. And we ended up having to snorkel with them instead of diving. <laughs> so the whole purpose of the scuba diving trip was to dive the kelp beds. But we had to snorkel anyway, and it was still super fun. It was amazing. It's and we'll do a podcast episode on that. But it was amazing, and every time I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna use it. It just hasn't happened yet, but hopefully we'll be able to use it soon. <laughs> Her husband wasn't a fan of diving. He passed, and he was like, ah, I don't really see any difference between diving and snorkeling. And so we just haven't gone. But let us know if you've been to any place scuba. I really want to do the Great Barrier Reef, mm. right, with all the sharks, and I really want to do Fiji. I've heard mm. Fiji's diving is amazing. It's Bonaire, just really expensive to get there. Yeah, is that Bonaire. a good one? Yes, Bonaire is a good one yes totally we hope this has inspired you to maybe get scuba certified it's a lot of fun but remember you are gonna have to throw your way your regulator you are gonna have to clear and flood your mask so just be mentally prepared for that and florida is not a bad place to go down for an adventure any excuse to go traveling and we'll take it or just snorkel <laughs> check out pictures from this trip in our instagram at itinerary to the world which you can find in the show notes Come join us over in our socials and in our private Facebook group, and let's chat all things travel. Until the next episode, bon voyage.